Hey, it's Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the iHemp Revolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? My guest today is Lucas Snyder. Lucas was born in Charleston and grew up on a farm in Gilbert, South Carolina. He attended the Citadel Military College in Charleston. He majored in business and concentrated on professional sales and entrepreneurship. Lucas entered his first business plan competition with a hemp-based business, and he won. He also entered a school-wide business plan competition with his company, South Carolina Hemp Growers Association, LLC, and his team won that competition. Lucas set up the South Carolina Industrial Hemp Alliance, dedicated to creating and expanding the hemp industry in South Carolina. So, Lucas, welcome to the iHemp Revolution. Thank you, Coach. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. And it was nice meeting you a few weeks ago when we were on the uh, hemp road trip. Yeah, that was that was really cool. We got to get y'all down and uh, talk with some people up in Clemson in the upstate and also talk with some farmers down in the low country. I know everybody really enjoyed y'all being here as well. No, that's great. So, Lucas, can you give us just maybe a little bit more information about yourself and why you chose industrial hemp? So, you really said, summed it up a lot. I'm, I'm from South Carolina, born and raised here. I, this is my home. This is my favorite state. And I really wanted to be able to give back to my state as well and give back to the people in my community. So, i as you mentioned, I was born on a family farm. Uh, my my grandfather started this back in the 80s, and I was fortunate enough to be able to grow up in the, the area that I did. Um, I went to school down in Charleston, uh, needed a little bit more discipline, so I went to the milita did the military school route, and I found hemp while I was in college. Um, I really learned about it and got hooked on it, and I couldn't pass up the opportunity to be able to help create the industry. So I uh, grew up on a farm, and I was fortunate enough to be able to have this environment to grow up in. And after I had grown up, I went to school down in uh, the military school down in Charleston. I really was able to thrive and flourish in that military-style environment. And while I was there, I kind of I learned about industrial hemp. Um, I found it surfing the internet and once I saw it I got hooked and I had to learn more and really couldn't pass up the opportunity to be involved and help create this new industry. After I graduated from college I got into farming I'm really trying to work at that as well I mean I really want to farm industrial hemp and use it on my farm and really cash in on the opportunity that it presents on a small scale not just the large scale. Can you tell me tell us a little bit about uh, the business plan you put together there? You you actually put two of them together and won the competition. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so the first one was I was pretty much it was just an entrepreneurship class, and it was right it was a little after the time that I first started learning about hemp and 
really digging into the research. And fortunately enough, my class was in the spring semester of 2014. And in February of 2014, the Farm Bill was signed. And that opened up a lot more opportunity. So we went in and made a theoretical business that would be a, a, one of the processors that would be using these materials and then selling them as, to the end buyer. And even though it was a business plan built on an idea or theory because we couldn't necessarily jump right in and do it, we still were able to win and blow everybody else out of the water. And But that was just in the class. So the second business plan competition I was in was a school-wide business plan competition. It was... Under, for undergraduate, graduate, evening and day students, veteran students. So it was open to any student at the school. And we put together the South Carolina Hemp Growers Association, and we did that on the basis of it being an agricultural brokering agency. So we were working to educate the industry that was in the state and working to talk with them and get feedback from them about them using hemp in their everyday businesses. We were really focusing on the automobile industry, the paper industry, and the textile industry. And we got a lot of good feedback through the process from these different industries. Um, on, because of the not able to cultivate, nobody could really commit to anything. But they all have that education about how this can be used once we are able to cultivate it. And with that, we were able to win. Um, we got a little bit of of money to help fund the travel and really gaining education to try and bring back to the state. And it was a great experience overall. I was very fortunate to be able to put together a very good team of some guys I really could count on and trust. And we, uh, we did something that had never been done before. That's fantastic. That's true entrepreneurship. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what we were trying for. That's, yeah. that's one thing that's kind of, that kind of stuck. Do you do you see yourself actually using uh, those plans, uh, you know, in the future with the business? Well, the first one, probably not. I mean, it was just, it was something that was put together for a class. It was a completely hypothetical situation and and all the models were assumption-based models. But the, the brokering agency I plan to use, um, I'm more focusing on my work through the nonprofit to uh, the South Carolina Industrial Hemp Alliance and really wanted to do work through there to help get legislation passed. And once legislation's passed, since it is a 501c6, we're really wanting to collect and gather all the people and businesses together under one centralized voice so that our voice can be heard and we can get this revolution started in the state of South Carolina. Well, that sounds great. Now, you majored in business and concentrated on professional sales and entrepreneurship, and then you put business plans together. What are some of the challenges that you see in starting a hemp business in South Carolina? Well, currently, the way it sits right now in South Carolina, the biggest obstacle is not being able to grow. Because those cult comprehensive bills haven't been passed, they're in the process and hopefully will be passed soon. But as of right now, since they're not passed, it kind of puts a – you can't have the, the essential materials for the business plan. However, there's opportunities everywhere. Um, a lot of people I've been talking with are more focused and concentrated on different parts of the plant. 
And that's exactly what we need. We need people focusing on not everybody doing one thing that's accepted. Like the versatility of this plant is really, really amazing. I mean, we really, we don't even know a lot of things. There's been a prohibition since the 30s and we know about the 25,000 different products you can make with it without having that large abundance of raw materials to really work with. So imagine once cultivation is legal, once this negative stigmatism is lifted off of this plant and people can actually get a lot of those materials and get, get them in their hands and look at what they can do with it. I think people, if they really want to go and succeed in the entrepreneurship in the hemp industry, they need to get pick what they're passionate about and do your research. Really figure out how you can do it, how people or other people are doing it. Because a lot of this stuff, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's stuff that's been done before, and we can kind of piggyback off what other people have done. Yes, and I tell people to do the research now. You have time to do the research and really find where your your niche is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's. I can see that you're excited about this. And if you could pick one thing, what has you most excited about the industrial hemp industry, especially in South Carolina? Well, the big, one of the biggest things I see impacting the hemp industry in the state of South Carolina is the automotive business as a whole. Um, uh, as people know, like Mercedes and BMW and Volvo and these European companies have been using hemp in their cars since they lifted their prohibition. They've been doing this since the early 2000s. And we, South Carolina is really a, a great state because for that, because we have BMW plant in the upstate. We also have a new Volvo and Mercedes plant coming in the low country. So we're getting these companies that are using this hemp for the automobile industry. They're using it in Europe where they have the supply. So now once they can get the supply here, there's nothing to stop them from doing that. And along with that comes not only the automobile itself, but the fuel that it runs off of. Like this, this plant can give you fuels to power these hemp-built cars. So if you're having a lighter and stronger car powered by a cleaner, cheaper, and more efficient fuel, and that's really the biggest industry, I think, for the state of South Carolina in particular, how this is going to affect us. So how do you see industrial hemp changing the economy there in South Carolina? Well, South Carolina is big on, we're really big on two things, that being agriculture and then industry. So I, I mentioned about our car industry auto, and our manufacturing side. We also have a lot of paper companies that are in the state. We have textile companies that are in the state. These are all companies that can incorporate this material into their everyday processes. And with those, people get get the education and get the word and get the feel and can see these products firsthand. And also through economic development, one of the things we're really trying to do with the nonprofit is focus on trying to bring in companies to South Carolina who have done this, like European companies, companies from Australia, potentially companies from Canada, want to bring in these people who have done this, who have their business plan. They have a turnkey business plan. All they need is the facility and the crop to be grown so they can come in with their expertise and share their expertise with the farmers here so that we, everybody can work together and collaborate to create jobs, to boost the economy, 
and really to make an overall greener future. Changing the culture in South Carolina. And South Carolina is going to be really lifted. Well, I think uh, a big culture thing is I feel with hemp becomes a more shift in culture to sustainability where mm-hmm. we can grow this crop, we can we can grow our food, we can grow our houses, we can grow our cars, we can grow our fuel, and it's all sustainable. It's something that's renewable, and that sustainability is the biggest culture change, in my opinion, that's going to happen. And I think it's a change for the better. But not only the sustainability of the culture, with this, it brings an opportunity to revitalize small farming communities that say there was a mill, a mill town, and the mill left, so there went the jobs, there went the community, and it's a lot of places, unfortunately, are ghost towns. So with this, you can bring in a mill and f- create a farming co-op to feed that mill. It'll bring jobs, it'll bring a sense of doing, a sense of accomplishment, and to go along with that sustainability and really recreate localized economies. So we wouldn't be dependent on foreign sources that we can have, what, have, grow, and make what we need right here. Exactly. So what's your vision, you know, the, the future of hemp in, in the United States, but in South Carolina and the United States? Where do you see the future? Well, like I said, the, the future is, there's no telling where the future can go. Like, there's 25,000 different products on hand that we know we can make right now without having some of our greatest minds and greatest inventors and greatest entrepreneurs even look at it because of the negative stigmatism associated with it. So I think the future is really opening up the opportunities to a green, sustainable, renewable future. It opens up for us to, like I mentioned, grow our houses, grow our food, grow food for our food that transfers beneficial omegas and beneficial protein. We can grow our fuel. We can grow our clothes. We can do all this stuff, and we can replace so many negative things with this new, greener resource. So where do you see yourself in, let's say, three years from now? Well, three years from now, I'm hoping that this will be on its way to becoming a cash crop for the state of South Carolina, and I just hope that I can be with it. Um, I've been working to try and get this started. I've not by myself by any means. I've had a lot of help from a lot of great people, and I can conti- I look to continue to work with all these contacts I have from from here, from South Carolina, from out of out of state and out of country. And I want to work to get this going, get this started for the state. I mean, I think there's way too many people that can be positively affected for this to just get swept under the rug and for people to just look it over. Like this is something real. This is going to be real. This is going to be very large. It's going to happen. And we, as a state, we need to be out in front of it. And I hope to be right there working working side by side with law enforcement, Department of Agriculture, any other land-grant universities. Like I, I want to be involved, and I want to see it through and get this done. Hopefully in three years, we'll be, we'll be there. I, that, that is, I think, in my opinion, a realistic goal especially uh, depending on how the legislation goes this year. But that's where I want to be. I want to be in, uh, involved and in, in front. And that's why we were on the hemp road trip is to help uh, get more support to pass those laws that take industrial hemp off the Schedule 1 uh, narcotics list. And uh, 
you know, make it viable for the, for the farmers to start with, because we need that. We need oh, yeah. the, the resources. So, you know, you mentioned thousands of products uh, that can be made out of there. So in three years, we talked about three years. In three years, out of all the thousands of products that can be produced with him, what product do you see having more demand in three years? What would you say that would be? Well, um, it all depends on how large the industrial side of it gets. But if the trends go for the way it, the way they've been going recently, I see the large demand being for seed. I mean, it's a complete protein. It has omega-3, 6, and 9. It's a very green food. It's good for you. And you can also, I had mentioned feeding it to, to our chickens. And those omegas transfer through to the eggs. So we have a healthier food from the get-go. And I, th- I see this healthy food side of things really taking off. Um, it's big. It's been a large reason that um, Canada has over 100,000 acres today is because of the demand for hemp seed. And I think the more people learn about it and the more people learn how healthy and beneficial it, it is, then they will be more open. And also, the more we have produced, the it's it turns it to something that's not necessarily a specialty thing, something that you can find anywhere and really get to benefit yourself without having to go and spend a lot of money on it. Exactly. Yeah. So we've covered quite a bit here, Lucas. Uh, Is there anything else you would like to bring up about you or your business? With my business, with everything I've been doing, it's not just about me. Um, I've been doing a lot of work on my own, but I've also, like I said, I've been working with a lot of good people and I've been really fortunate to have been able to been a part of some good teams and some good groups really working to get this going and get this going effectively. Um, I, I think that the biggest and best and most effective way to get this going is really for that collaboration. We need to be able to collaborate state to state inside the state and also with all these different people like the sharing the information with these people who are dedicated to getting it going is crucial i think that's uh, that's another thing i'd like to add so lucas i want to thank you for being a guest on the ihamp revolution and uh, i i want to support you in any way i can and you and your organization there so you're feel free to contact me anytime and we can do some work together maybe Thank you, actually. Thank you so much, Coach. And I, it was a pleasure and a privilege to be on here. And yeah, I, I'd love. Like I said, it's not working together with all these great minds is the most beneficial thing we can do. So I really would love the opportunity to do that in the future. Okay. Thanks again, Lucas. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today. And make sure that you subscribe to the IHAMP Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review. Follow us on Facebook.com forward slash IHAMP Revolution. Like us and tell your friends. Help us spread the word about using industrial hemp and how it can be beneficial to people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. Hey, this is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them. And thanks for joining the IHAMP Revolution.